All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am talking about the just-released 2018 Atlanta Falcons regular season schedule. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, it's me, Aaron Freeman, the host of this podcast, also the founder of FalFans.com, one of the longest running Falcon websites on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at FalkFans. And if you did find me on Twitter, oh say Wednesday morning or afternoon, you saw that I put up a poll in which uh, I asked people what they wanted to hear on their Friday episode. Did they want to get a Vita Vea? breakdown or did they want to get a schedule release breakdown and 61% of you guys voted for the schedule and so that's why we're doing this episode today the Vita Vea episode will be up tomorrow on Saturday I you know there's so much content coming at you that I do have to do the weekend shows uh, just for this draft weekend Um, but I definitely want to get that Vita Vea content up sooner rather than later and uh, that was the best day to do so. So, um, let's get into the schedule. I haven't really looked at the rest of the NFL schedule. I don't necessarily care that much. I will peruse through it after the draft. I know the Raiders played the Cardinals the Sunday before Thanksgiving. You know, I already circled that day in my calendar. But uh, other than that, I haven't really checked it out too much. Um, I also want to give you guys a heads up that I do not intend to give you a record prediction on this episode at the end of this episode or whatever. You know, I think at this point in the calendar year, that's kind of, I won't say silly, but it's just kind of pointless. Um, I, you know, I would, I will tell you that it feels like the Falcon are a 10 and 16, you know, they go four and two in division. They lose to this team in the AFC or that team in the NFC and, there's sort of one outlier game where they lose like the Redskins or the Bengals, and you're always wondering at the end of the season, how do we lose to that team? And in another, you know, NFC game or whatever the case may be, and, and then you, all of a sudden you're 10-6. and six. I would generally say to any team that I feel is a playoff team, which the Falcons are included, they feel like a 10-6 and six team. You know, um, I might say the Eagles or the Vikings, just because of their status atop the NFC last year, feel like an 11-5 and five team, but it's basically, generally speaking, that's what it feels like. So um, in terms of predictions and whatnot and wins and losses in this game, you know, I know some people do that at this point in time. I will wait till late August slash early September uh, before I really dive deep into that. But today's episode, we will talk about some of the sort of the, you know, bigger picture optics matchups on these games and sort of the interesting nuggets of of information about these games, not necessarily digging deep into this matchup versus that matchup and whatnot like that. Again, that's something that we can do in in, in July and August or or something like that when we have a better idea of what these teams' offseason plans are and whatnot. So um, the other thing I will say before we get into that breakdown, I also am hoping that this year I will be able to make it down to Atlanta to see a Falcons home game in the bins. I did not get that opportunity last year. I'm hoping that this year I will get that opportunity. I haven't made a decision about what game I'm going to, but right now I'm sort of looking at the schedule, uh, leaning towards maybe that week 15 game against the Cardinals. That could be 
what might be one of the final games of Larry Fitzgerald's career. I remember watching Larry Fitzgerald, for those of you that don't know, when he was only a mere pup at the age of 19 at the University of Pittsburgh when I was a sophomore at that school. And so, you know, that sort of is poetic and comes full circle for me. But, um, yeah, that, that's sort of where my head's at. But I haven't made that decision, and that certainly I can be swayed either way. You guys can say, hey, go to this game, and I will ignore you and be like, yes, I will go to that game. I, I will consider it, um, you know, the classic smile or not. So um, let's get into the Falcon schedule. But before we do, uh, I want to let you guys know that you should check out Matt Williamson, the host of the Locked on NFL podcast. He's doing an entire around the league thing because he does that every single day on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, the Falcons open the season against the Philadelphia Eagles, defending champions on Thursday night. I thought the Vikings-Eagles game would probably be the most likely Thursday night opener, uh, but the schedule makers like the poetry of having, you know, sort of a rematch of the divisional round, and of course it makes sense because, you know, the Falcons came really close to that winning that game against the Eagles, and of course NBC will now give Chris Collinsworth all the opportunities he can to um, talk about the last two Falcons seasons ending in, in disappointing fashion, as I'm sure he will likely do. Um, I do think this game is sort of kind of the best matchup outcome for the Falcons to face the Eagles. Um, I think given that Carson Wentz is still recovering from his ACL injury, all indications are that he will be ready to go week one, but he might miss the entire preseason and he'll be a little bit rusty, and so you're not necessarily getting a full-strength Philadelphia Eagles offense, presumably, uh, in Week 1, like you normally would expect, uh, given Winter's injury status, not to mention it gives Sark, you know, four months, or five months, really, to get prepared for this game, and you hope that, you know, he'll be better prepared for this upcoming Eagles game than the last one, but it's, it, it, the schedule makers made it easy on him because basically you get prepared for this one. He just has to watch the last time the Falcons played, the last game the Falcons played, which was against the Eagles. Um, you know, you guys can recall, you know, the regular listeners know that following that sort of lackluster performance of the Falcons in week one against the Bears last year, I kind of went on a rant about the lost identity and they sort of got it back the next couple of weeks. And then we, we know how the rest of the season went. But the, sort of that struggle in that week one game was sort of, an indicator of what we were basically expected to see the rest of the season. And so, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and put all this stock and assign all this meaning to a week one game, because as we saw in 2016, that was a really poor performance from the Falcons. And then, of course, the rest of the season opened things wide open. Um, but it is something where it's like, OK, like this is the game where it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting Sark to come out with the, the, the most masterful game plan, but like certainly better. He, he, he better improve from the, the last one. That's all I'll say. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, the, the Eagles game is relatively rare compared to the rest of the opening part of the Falcons schedule because five of their seven, first seven games prior to their week eight bye are home games. You know, their only other road game uh, in that first half of the season is against the Steelers in week 17 and week, I'm sorry, week five. I don't know why I said week 17. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting because that takes care of two possible cold weather games that I know a couple of people 
were concerned about and getting those games out of the way in the first five weeks where the the conditions are less likely to be problematic uh, is a positive benefit uh, for the Falcons. Having lived in Pittsburgh for four years when I went to school there, I do know that there was a couple of winters or a couple of falls, I guess, autumns, um, where the first snow of the season came in, in the first or second week of October. So, you know, the Falcons are playing the Steelers on October 7th. So it's possible that could be a cold a cold weather game, but certainly I think you'd rather take your chances of playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh on October 7th, as opposed to say December 7th or something like that, where there's pretty much no doubt that that December date is going to be a cold weather game. Um, moving on from the Eagles game, you go to the week two, uh, that begins a three game homestand against the Panthers. It's interesting that the, the schedule makers gave the Falcons a three game homestand but did not give them a three-game road stand that's usually how it goes there's you know tit for tat i guess as they say um in that three-game homestand is against the panthers the saints and the Bengals. so we're gonna have we won't have all our divisional games stacked at the end of the year like like we saw last year but it certainly does put pressure on the falcons to get off to a fast start this year um particularly facing the eagles and then two divisional games you know you get into a oh and two one and two Oh and three hole or whatever the case may be, that's going to be a significant hold. It's going to be difficult to climb out of. Following that game, you got the the Bengals game was the first of two back to back AFC North matchups again with the Week Five uh, road game against the Steelers. Um, you know, it's sort of a reverse of that 06 matchup that many of you guys might remember, uh, where we had the Steelers first and we beat them in overtime, and then we played the Bengals, and those were happened to be two of Vicks. Michael Vick's uh, better games of his career. And it was like, oh, he's finally getting it. He's finally becoming this, you know, consistent pocket quarterback. And then they fell into the trap of the playing the Lions the following week. And um, he fumbled in against the Browns game. And for me personally, that was like, okay, how do you follow up those two games against, with these two games? I'm, I'm done with Michael Vick as far as believing in, in the hope and whatnot. But I digress. Um Following that Steelers game, you got the Week 6 game at home against the Bucks, which is followed then by the Monday night matchup against the Giants, um, and then you have the bye week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to be selling Bucks stock this year uh, after buying all of it last year. <laughs> but uh, I will say this. This is the interesting thing about the Falcons-Bucks matchups. Jameis Winston has yet to have a bad game against the Falcons. Um, it's, it's fascinating when you look at the numbers, like his, his career passer rating in five games against the Falcons, 110, and he's got a 12 to two touchdown interception ratio and he completes 67% of his passes. Now you take out the Falcon games and you look at Jameis Winston's career against every other NFL team, 85 passer rating, 57 to 42 TD interception ratio and 60% completions. So like he's like a av- literally an average quarterback, um, arguably even slightly below average in, in some of those categories against every other NFL team, but against the Falcons, man, dudes Aaron Rodgers basically. So um, you know I'll, I'll certainly sell the buck short, but I don't know, man. It's like you just like maybe this is the year where the Falcons finally prevent Jameis from carving up our defense. Um, I also think this is notable because I think this is the only game of, of the season where the Falcons 
face a team coming off their bye week. So I think the Bucks are coming off a bye the previous week, and that's the only time the Falcons have to worry about that, I think. Then you got the Monday night game against the Giants. Who knows what team the Giants will be? You know, maybe this is a Saquon Barkley game. Um, if they wind up drafting Saquon Barkley at the top of the draft, you know, I think there's a pretty good chance that we're gonna the Falcons are gonna face Saquon Barkley at some point this year, just because the Bucks, Giants, and Browns are on the schedule, and those are sort of the three teams that seem to be the front runners to land Saquon. Who knows uh, if that's the case? Maybe he winds up in Denver or some other place that we don't know about. But uh, you know, if he's on the Giants, then certainly people, you know, it probably won't be me because I can't stand the Giants. Uh, but people going to that game uh, will get to see him underneath the lights of the uh, of the bins. Um, and of course that's followed up by the week eight bye. And, uh, again, I think it's, it's nice to see the schedule makers go back to the tried and true of giving the Falcons a, a mid season bye. like they tend to get almost every year. It's, it's weird when they get like a week, what was it? Week four last year, week five last year. And then like, they'll get a, like every now and then they'll get like a week 10 or week 11 by, and you're like, what is, what is going on? It's, it's seven. It's either six, seven, eight or nine. That That's the only, that dims the rules. All right, we're going to get more into the back half of the schedule in just a bit, but I wonder if you guys have ever wanted to take advantage of the growth of Bitcoin, but maybe you don't know how. Maybe you're looking to add Bitcoin to your retirement account or diversify your portfolio towards a new innovative investment, but the cryptocurrency world is confusing. How do you get involved? Well, that's where BitTrust IRA comes in to help you seamlessly and securely add cryptocurrency to your portfolio. Their team handles the entire process to make it easy. Download your free copy of their Cryptocurrency IRA Investor's Guide at bittrustira.com slash podcast. That's B-I-T-T-U-R-S-T-I-R-A dot com slash podcast. Or give them a call right now to learn more at 855-642-8800. That's 855-642-8800. Okay, so you got the back half of the Falcons' schedule, uh, where six of their final nine games are going to be road games. You know, I think the good thing is, you know, I, I could be off on, you know, but it feels like, uh, you know, I live, I'm living my life according to this belief, and I, you know, I, if if believing in this is wrong, I don't want to be right. But uh, I think the Falcons have been pretty good on the road again under Dan Quinn, right? It, it feels like that's. You don't have the stark contrast like you did on the Mike Smith teams, um, certainly. And, um, you know, I think it helps to when you have a good defense, you generally play well on the road. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would have said that good defensive play has characterized always, let me say always, I won't say it has never, but it hasn't always characterized the Dan Quinn led teams. But, um, you know, that sort of issue of only being able to play well at home is not doesn't seem as big an issue with his uh, teams than it was previously. So awesome, right? Thumbs up. Um, I don't think this road schedule is is that daunting. Um, with you know, sort of three of them obviously are divisional games in the final six weeks, uh, and the other three are against the Redskins, the Browns, and the Packers. Uh, you know, there's those cold weather games that some people were concerned about. You know, the Week 14 matchup in Lambeau against the Packers is, I think, the one that's probably most concerning to people because you know that's going to be a freezing cold game. 
And it's fair to question whether the Falcons can perform in 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 those types of conditions because I know, you know, again, I don't, I haven't looked up the exact stat, but just sort of what I can remember off the top of the head, it doesn't seem like they fared particularly well. And I remember when I think someone asked a Q and A question leading up to that Eagles game or something, and someone was asking like, "Are you concerned about the the weather?" And I think I looked at the stat and it was like the Falcons have a really bad record in below like 40 games or something like that. Like they were like one in four or something. I, I, I can't remember, but um, at least under Matt Ryan or something like that. So um, I'm, I'm digressing right now. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting with this Packers game just because, you know, historically since Dan Quinn took over that we've owned the Packers pretty much. But we haven't yet faced them in Lambeau under Dan Quinn. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the last time we faced them in Lambeau was pretty much four years to the day of this upcoming Week 14 game, um, where you guys may recall a one of the more memorable Julio Jones performances of all time. And as a side note, <laughs> when the Falcons fell behind 31-7 to at halftime, I got very drunk that night and had a very interesting series of tweets on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure many of you that recall, I know Stephen Brooklyn does, uh, certainly uh, probably enjoyed that, but uh, I, I did as well. I don't really remember it, but yeah. Um, let's go week by week, though, uh, in this back half of the schedule. Week 9, you got the Reds at Washington. Week 10, you got at the Browns. You know, it'll be interesting to see what Washington has, if, particularly if they land a guy like Vita Bay, They could have a really formidable front seven. They, When healthy, they have a really good offensive line. When healthy, Jordan Reed is one of the best tight ends in the league. So, you know, I don't look at the Redskins as like this super formidable football team, but I do think they're a team that certainly can be competitive. And, you know, similar to sort of the Bears last year, where we knew that they had sort of a strong trench play and could make it into a physical game that could give the Falcons a little bit of problems if they could do successfully do that. I think the Redskins are sort of built in the same way. Um, I think the Browns, you can make a, a strong case, are also similar in that way. I think they have an underrated offensive line. I think they have an ascending defensive line. We'll see what happens with their quarterback situation. I think you can guess, despite what Hugh Jackson says, by the time we get to Week 10, Whoever they take number one overall is probably going to be starting games, but maybe that person isn't. Maybe Tyrod is going to be, you know, play most of the season, if not the entire season. And we saw last year how tough it was for us to stop Tyrod. We couldn't really contain him at all in that Buffalo Bills game. So it'll be interesting. Like, I, I you know, you look at these two games as like, oh, these are going to be the, the two easiest road games the Falcons face unless you're, you're you know, saying – the Bucs are going to be a pushover, which, uh, you know, not necessarily fair in division games. or rarely are, except for when, we, I guess, we play the Bucs, because <laughs> it does seem like we do blow out them at least once a year, because uh, they still, for some reason, have no idea how to defend Julio. I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, I know it's not, it's easier said than done. I, I know I'm digressing again, but, like, come on, dude. Like, y- y'all are still making basic mistakes. But, hey, look, the Falcons couldn't stop Drew Brees for, like, 12 years. So, hey, you know, who, who, who am I to say? Complain about other teams not being able to stop, you know, future Hall of Famers. Um, yeah, but, yeah, sorry, I digress. 
Um, you know, so I, I don't think the Redskins and Browns games are going to be, you know, they could be interesting. That's basically what I'm sitting here saying. I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, the Falcons got to worry about those games. I'm just saying, like, they could be a lot more interesting matchups uh, by the time we get to those games than probably people sitting here in April would assume. Um, following that, you have the Week 11 home game against the Cowboys. And I think they're sort of in the same boat as the Giants, who could be surprisingly good this year or terrible. You know, I think their win total is probably somewhere between 5 and 12. You know, and, I, you know, generally speaking, I always tend to split the difference and say, okay, if you're, if you could be a 5 and 11 team or you could be in 12 and 14, then you probably wind up being like 8 and 8 or something like that. So, um, or 8, 7 and 1, maybe they get a, a tiebreaker, a tie somewhere. So, um, week 12, Thursday night, prime time, on the road against the Saints on Thanksgiving night. That'll certainly be a fun matchup. I'm sure everybody's sort of penciling that game as a big night, a big important night. And in your own personal household, you're hoping that the Falcons can free you from uh, your family on that Thanksgiving evening. Um, you know, what was the last Thanksgiving game the Falcons had was 05 against the Lions, where that was Steve Mariucci's last game because he got fired the following week and has been blessing us on NFL Network ever since. You know, it's interesting because the Falcons rarely play Thursday night road games. That, um, they have two this year. I think they've only had two since Matt Ryan came to town. You know, this will be like the fifth time that the Falcons and Saints in the Breeze-Ryan era have, have met on Thursday night. And they've split those games. In the last, the only time the Falcons played the Saints on the road on Thursday night was a loss. You guys may recall the infamous... 2015 game that had the infamous James Stone butt snap. Uh, hashtag Team James Stone for life, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that'll be a, a good game, a, a fun game, and I'm certainly going to be looking forward to that one. Uh, following that, week 13, you have a home game against the Ravens. There's part of me that thinks yeah, maybe this is a Lamar Jackson game. You know, I think the other decent chance is maybe that week 15 game against the Cardinals is also a Lamar Jackson game. Who knows? That'll be something to keep an eye on for next week's draft. Um, you know, I, I'll say this. If either the Ravens or Cardinals land Lamar Jackson, I, that will certainly have a heavy influence on uh, which uh, Falcons home game I decide to go to. That, that's what I'll say. Um, and, you know, we'll wrap things up by looking at the last four weeks of this season. Week 14, again, it is at, on the road against the Packers. Week 15, you got the Cardinals, as I mentioned at the top. Week 16 is on the road against Carolina. Week 17 is on the road against Tampa Bay. So they wrap up with two divisional road games. You know, who knows at this point who, whether those are going to be sort of must-win games to secure a wild card spot or secure the division lead, or maybe there are more influences on the seeding or, or whatever the case may be. But certainly, um, you know, you want to win all your division games or as many of them as you possibly can. So certainly those are going to be important. And, and of course, you know, my expectation with the Packers are they're going to rebound and be back in playoff contention. So winning that game, certainly probably assuming uh, both teams are in playoff contention is going to have an effect on seeding. And the Cardinals, again, while I don't expect the Cardinals to be in the playoffs, I, I think the Cardinals will probably be in the running, you know, unless they land Lamar Jackson for the worst team in the NFC. Um, at least in the bottom three, 
Um, I do think, you know, you do have to win some of your NFC games to help your, you know, conference record as part of tiebreakers and whatnot. So that's certainly not going to be a game where the Fox can afford to lose. Hopefully that's not the outlier game that I was mentioning at the top of the show, uh, where you just lose to a team that you had no business losing to. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, to finish up, it's not an overly tough schedule, but you never know what happens. You look at last year's schedule, I, you would have asked me, you know, 12 months ago, be like, oh, man, that, you know, I, I'm sure when I had DW on to do the schedule breakdown, we were talking about sort of the the last stretch of the season where you had, you know, Cowboys and Seahawks and, you know, five of your last six games were divisional games. And so the expectation at that point was probably a, a fast start for the Falcons, a relatively fast start. And then, you know, they could hit some, you know, hurdles in the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, probably asked me then, I would be like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, four and four would have been a good way to finish the season, you know, assuming that they can start six and two. And they wound up finishing six and two and started, what, four and four? So it. <laughs> It was one of those things where it's like, you know, no one would have thought, you know, worst case scenario going against the AFC East is, oh, they're three and one. And they wound up one and three. So um, the point of me saying that is, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the season. That's one of the reasons why we like the NFL so much. It's so unpredictable. Of, of Among the major sports leagues, it's probably the most unpredictable. Maybe hockey. I know game-wise, hockey can be probably the most unpredictable. Um, in individual games, I, I don't follow hockey enough to know if it, the seasons itself are that unpredictable where you can't necessarily correctly pick, you know, six out of the eight playoff teams at the beginning of the year. You know, we'll, we'll see how the draft affects some of these matchups. We'll see sort of if any moves there may move the needle a little bit. You know, again, I think Saquon Barkley is probably going to be on the schedule at some point if, if you're a big believer in Saquon's sort of ability to impact in a Zeke Elliott-esque way, that's going to be something that could certainly move the needle if he lands on one of these teams. Again, Lamar Jackson could be in the mix. Cleveland's definitely taking quarterbacks. Probably not going to be Lamar Jackson. But, um, you know, some of these teams picking in the middle of the first round, like Baltimore, like Arizona, could be hoping for a Lamar Jackson type of pick in in the first round. And and that certainly could certainly move the needle because you're going to, you know, if, if, Lamar Jackson's going to force your defense to do different things than you would if you were facing, say, Joe Flacco or Sam Bradford, correct? Um, So we'll find out how the draft affects some of these matchups, and certainly we'll be talking about those in the coming days. And certainly the quarterbacks is going to be something that we're going to be talking quite a bit about early next week. Uh, Probably right now the plan is to talk about those things with my good friend Mark Schofield on Tuesday and Wednesday, if all things go according to plan. And um, we'll get you guys geared up for the draft. And I appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode. And, uh, you know, if you want to provide your feedback, if you want to give share your thoughts on sort of how this, the, the rough patches of the schedule, maybe some things I missed, maybe some stats I misquoted um, that you found intriguing about the Fox schedule, I'm all ears for that. Of course, you can do so on Twitter. I'm at Falcfans. If it's podcast-related, then just indicate so in the tweet. If it's podcast-related, however, it's just easy to go ahead and send it to Locked on Falcons. That's the show's Twitter handle. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook at Locked on Falcons. Uh, give us a like while you're there. 
Um, you can also uh, email us, LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. And, of course, leave a comment on LockedOnFalcons.com or Falcons.com where the show is posted daily. Until then, guys, I appreciate you guys tuning in and staying locked on. We'll be back with more draft content again tomorrow. Vita Vea. Monday is going to be uh, Murray's Hurst. Tuesday, Wednesday, quarterbacks. Right? And then Thursday is going to be your final draft preview. And then following that, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, day one, day two, day three recaps. Uh, Monday, following week, uh, what, this is the final day in April, is that the 30th or something like that? Um, then you have, you know, sort of putting it all together, all three days into one. Um, so that's the plan moving forward. And uh, until then, guys, stay locked up. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.